Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Just under an hour left of our show. Not really sure why people think playing Tyreek Hill is a panic move. I don't. Tyreek Hill should be on the field as a decoy. Let him run routes and get the game feel. If you're putting Tyreek Hill on the field, you get the ball to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, good luck telling Tyreek Hill that. Yeah. Like, if you don't remember earlier on in the uh, injury saga, Tyreek Hill was was the... uh, was the one who was being told to calm down. Yeah, they were like, chill out, man. Rest up. By the way, are you a fan of the uh, new look, Tyreek Hill? The high fade, the sideburns on the side of the face type look? I like it. It's, it's a clean. look. I like it. It's all right. I dig it. I think you got to change things up, right? Yeah. You know? Be like if Donald Trump shaved his head. He did do that, by the way, one time. I think. Maybe not. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, text line, Protein House, you with the text line. Bill O'Brien has a Stan Smith chin. I think it's probably the best text we've got today. Um, other than I think Tyreek tomorrow is a panic move. I don't think that's a panic move. I just think it's just a it's a spark. I don't think you're in panic. You're four and one. You have a two-game, well, you have a one-game lead over Oakland. They have a bye this week. Are you really worried about Oakland? Oakland's schedule's tough as hell coming up. Granted, they played the Bears and beat them, but it was in London. Um, that's a weird travel. So I don't know if you can, you know, 100% appreciate like that being like a, I don't know. It is what it is. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., Steven Serta's Fantasy Football Show. Uh, you're going to want to tune in. Make sure you're up and early. Tampa Bay, Carolina at 8.30 in the morning. Central time, that is, if you're listening on the radio.com app. Bless you. Um, you can download. Radio.com, 610 Sports Radio. Click the notifications button. You'll get notifications of when shows are getting ready to start, what shows are currently on. This is Out of Bounds with Nick Price and Dusty Likens. Before us is Brandon Kylie with the leadoff, and after us is uh, the sexiest trio in all of sports radio, which is Jillian Carroll, Chris Nacero, and Julio Sanchez with overtime. And then tomorrow, programming still. 10 a.m. is Arrowhead Pride pregame show. Right up until kickoff. Afterwards, it is the... Arrowhead Pride postgame show with Jay Binkley and Pete Sweeney. The pregame is with Kent Swanson and Pete Sweeney. By the way, South Carolina and Georgia are officially tied 17-17 or will be tied 17-17 unless Georgia decides to go for two and the touchdown they just scored is upheld. 
Oklahoma, Texas, 27-17 in favor of Oklahoma as the Jalen Hurts um, revenge tour continues as Oklahoma looking to go to 6-0, and moving up in the rankings. Boy, Lincoln Riley's going to be in the NFL soon. You think, Nick, you think Lincoln Riley is in the NFL before Bill Self is in the NBA? Lincoln Riley in the NFL. You think so? like Bill Self's year? not going to the NBA. Okay. Very, very passionate about that. He's not going to be there forever. Like, he's got to leave. Just saying. And something that is going to last, or it seems like it's going to last forever, is the NFL. Because I've always said the rich will always get richer. Is that correct? You think that's true? Yeah. Right? The NFL is a product of pure entertainment. The fantasy aspect is going nowhere. In fact, you're seeing how fantasy football is evolving, right? At first, it was like just season long. Then it turns into daily. Then it turns into nightly. Like you can just literally do like Monday night fantasy football with just the two teams playing. You got dynasty modes. You've got got keeper leagues, rotisserie leagues in baseball, all this type of fantasy stuff. And tomorrow is a pure example of that. Tomorrow's football game of the Chiefs versus the Texans is a pure example of the NFL not going anywhere anytime soon. Both quarterbacks are under the age of 25 years old. Two of the top wide receivers are squaring off in tomorrow's game, both under the age of 30. And two teams that should be relevant, if not two of the best teams in the AFC moving forward. And we get this. You know, we get a lot of this is Peyton and Tom all over again. It's not. It's different than that. It's not Peyton versus Tom. It's a rivalry. It's going to happen a lot because the Chiefs and the Texans are both going to win their divisions and they play in the AFC, so they're probably going to play almost every year like the Colts and Patriots did. It's not Peyton and Tom, though. It's not. It's a new kind of quarterback rivalry in the NFL. It's a different type of rivalry because it's different skill sets at quarterback. Like, I get it that Peyton Manning is one of a kind and Tom Brady is one of a kind. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done right now, you could put them both at one and two. I think unanimously we'd almost get Brady one, Peyton two. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes in tomorrow's game and the talents that they bring and the way that they have changed the way the NFL has played with, like, a more spread-style offense, sling it and wing it, that's just kind of how they do things. That's moving the NFL forward. In fact... Cliff Kingsbury was hired by the Arizona Cardinals because they drafted a quarterback in Kyler Murray and a coach that helped bring up Patrick Mahomes, and they thought maybe some of that magic dust would rub off and he could become successful with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray will be successful in the NFL. He just has only been in the league for six games or five games. Give it some time. Get that man some talent around him. He'll be all right. But that's the move going forward is what Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are doing. They are improvising around the pocket. They are then throwing the ball deep at an accurate rate. And again, like you said, James Palmer had a tweet earlier this week um, that described everything that both these quarterbacks are doing. Yeah, Mahomes and Watson, this is James Palmer's tweet, by the way. Mahomes and Watson are the highest-rated passers among quarterbacks in NFL history with a minimum of 20 games played. Uh, You got Mahomes at number one at 112.4, Watson at number two at 105.4, and then guys like... Aaron Rodgers at 102.8 and Russell Wilson at 101.5. Pretty good company to be 
with, and not only with, but above. We're looking at two of the highest-rated passers in the history of the NFL that are about to square off tomorrow in a very important game, too, when it comes to AFC what or the AFC playoff picture. For sure. I don't think that Houston is in the top two um, teams in the AFC yet. Obviously, it's Kansas City and New England. I think we all agree with that. Eventually, just like Bill Self's run at Kansas will come to an end, eventually Tom Brady and the New England Patriots will no longer be the New England Patriots. I think we just all know that. I mean, it's just at some point. We don't right. know when, but some people can start saying that Tom Brady is already um we're progressing not do this that. year, but we're I'm, not gonna do that. I stay away from we're, that. We're not gonna do that. Yeah. Um that's like bringing up politics, religion, and like sex when it comes to a conversation at a bar. You just you can talk about it, but it's going to go one way or the other, and it's going to be thrown in your face. Either way, it's not going to be fun. But, yes, Tom Brady has not had uh, uh, decent games in the last couple of weeks, but that's not that's near here nor there. My thing when it comes to Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes proving that this NFL is not going anywhere is what you just said, what James Palmer tweeted. Those guys are doing this at a very young age. They're not waiting a couple of years. Peyton Manning's first year was atrocious. He threw a couple, like He threw over 20 interceptions. Tom Brady came in as a starter and a good system coached by a good coach, got to sit behind Drew Bledsoe for a cup for a year and maybe a half. I think he came in in like week three after Bledsoe got blown up on the sidelines by the Jets. The thing about that is the fact that this is what the NFL always seems to do. The product seems to just always find a new sense of not urgency, but of a talent pool. Like for a while, it was running backs, right? You were seeing like Priest Holmes with Damian Tomlinson, uh, Chris uh, Chris Johnson, and then it was receivers. And now it's like the dynamic play of quarterback, right? So the thing that comes up with this is that not only is it in quarterback, but it's also when it comes to the wide receivers as well in this game that the rich gets that the rich keeps getting richer. Deshaun Watson and Tyree Kill are both in the top five when it comes to wide receivers. That keeps moving forward. Tyreek Hill and Deshaun Watson or uh, DeAndre Hopkins aren't going anywhere anytime soon either. I know that the NFL, when it turns 30, it becomes ancient. Travis Kelsey just turned 30. I think he's still got a few years left, people. Still looks pretty good. right. But the NFL's not going anywhere, and tomorrow's game is proof of that because Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, where these two teams are going forward, also Tyreek Hill, also DeAndre Hopkins. Now, there's a lot more that goes on to why the NFL is still a good sport. You have guys like Kyler Murray coming to the league, guys like Baker Mayfield that continue to be a villain and bring drama into the NFL. Fantasy football's there as well. But tomorrow, when you ask yourself why the NFL is so popular, the action, the demand, tomorrow's game will show that because tomorrow's game will have plenty of it. In fact, the over-under is set at 55, and like you and I have both said, I think we're going to see a lot of action tomorrow's game that could be very similar to what the Rams and the Chiefs game was last year on Monday Night Football. Yeah, the weather's going to be beautiful, too, so that's not going to be anything that's going to slow these offenses down. I mean, I, I, this is going to be a shootout. That's right. So, moving forward, there's another guy that's possibly going to play tomorrow. Pete Sweeney was on earlier. He had a couple good things to say. We'll play those next. And coming up after that, we will have our version that we always do of Around the NFL. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds on 610 Sports Radio with Nick Price and myself, Dusty Likens. Live and local every Saturday. 
If you want to hear more local programming, you're always more than welcome to go to the 610sports.com website, go to the 435 Podcast Network, and check things out there. Lots of content there for you to listen to. Steven Serta, who does a podcast on movie shows, TV, everything like that that's relevant, that comes out soon. It's pretty good. Subject 9 podcast. Mr. and Mrs. Show. Josh Klingler does one as well. Sean Levine, the sports machine. You hear him on his uh, Blue Chew ads. He does one on uh, Kansas Athletics. Check all that kind of stuff out. I'll do one as well. I do one on the uh, subplot cast where I just take movies and find subplots or things that didn't make sense. Or maybe I just like don't like a movie like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. How terrible that movie is. But we asked earlier today on the text line if you are a pillowcase person when you go trick-or-treating or if you are a creative fun bag person. Um, got a few different ones. Definitely a pillowcase guy. Also, there was one from Big Lance. As he said, he is a two- Decorative bag type of guy. Not just one, but two. Ooh, both hands. Yeah. So we mentioned earlier in the show that the possibility of Tyreek Hill coming back to the team um, is interesting. We had the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride of SB Nation on, uh, Pete Sweeney, who you can hear on pregame and postgame tomorrow on 610 Sports Radio before and after the Chiefs game. And he said this on Tyreek Hill playing. Let's talk Tyreek Hill real quick, because that's all anybody cares about right now, right? Uh yeah. He's playing. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. I think Tyreek's playing. What do you say? Yeah, I, I, I think I think he is, too. Uh, it, it seemed that way at the pressers this week and, and some of the indications that you saw from the national guys, Ian Rappaport, saying that he just had a few tests to go. Now, from the eye test, the practice, and we don't get to see a ton but for the first 20 minutes, he looks completely fine, which is one of those weird injuries that you got to watch internally is the bone in the right spot, things like that that can only be – uh, done with an MRI, CAT scan, all that stuff, and and so it looks like he, he he should pass. I don't know. I don't think he would be questionable if it wasn't likely for him to go. But again, it remains to be seen. Andy Reid called it the game time decision, but I tend to think that that was a little bit more of a gamesmanship that type thing. Couldn't agree more with Pete. Gamesmanship thing with Andy Reid, be like, ah, you know, he's. Well, we'll see what happens. And then Bill O'Brien, I think earlier in the week, said we'd be stupid not to think that he'd play. Um. I believe he's playing. I don't believe it is a panic move. I don't believe that it is a, um, like a oh bleep. We've got to figure something out with this offense. I just think it's time. I think that he is a guy who's been ready for two weeks. I think the team has been ready this week, and I think all signs indicated that he's ready to play because last week they got him back in the weekly routine of what we do on Wednesday, what we do on Thursday, walkthroughs on Friday, and I think. What they've seen, I don't believe it's rushed. I know there are certain people that have their theories on on uh, Rick Burkholder, the trainer for the Chiefs. I know Burkholder is a guy that Ron Hughley is absolutely scared of, and that's totally fine because the Justin Houston thing, the Eric Berry situation, Tom Bali situation, there's a lot of things that point to it. But I think Tyreek Hill, after being told, hey, man, calm down, relax, I just think it's time for Tyreek Hill because initially when the injury happened, they said four to six weeks. It's been five. You're sandwiched in between it, and it's like whenever you get instructions to put, like, biscuits in the oven. It tells you 11 to 13 minutes. You could put them in there for 11. They're probably not going to be fully cooked. You put them in there for 13, chance they get burned. Put them in there for 12, could be good and ready to go. That's what Tyreek Hill is. It's four to six weeks. We're in the fifth week of the uh, injury saga. I think he's ready. 
I don't think panic is the narrative around Tyreek Hill. I think that that would be more of a narrative if they had rushed him back and he hadn't been at practice. But the fact that he's been practicing for two weeks basically tells me that this was their plan all along, that once he felt good enough, we're going to get him back into practice, get him into that routine, probably not play him that next week, let him get two weeks of practice under his belt, and just being able to play football in a controlled environment where he's not going to have any setbacks or take any kind of major punishment on that collarbone shoulder injury that he's got but yeah the clavicle yeah I think that this was I think that this was kind of the plan all along was to ease him back into it in practice I don't think that they're rushing him back and I don't think that they would because they see what happens with Sammy Watkins that when you have a player who's consistently in and out of the lineup of how much that can hurt your team and I think that they know that they're four and one right now. Yes, this is a huge game tomorrow against the Texans, but it's not like it's a must-win game like the seasons, like a loser go home kind of game. So I think that they wouldn't play him just to try to get a win here if they thought that it would damage his availability for the rest of the season. Last week it looked like the run defense was kind of uh, lethargic, disappeared, whatever. We asked Pete about what Tyreek Hill can do to the run offense. Um, that can help or maybe not help at all when it comes to the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill being back and returning. Tyreek Hill not only helps the pass offense, but significantly changes how much better they can run the ball. Is that correct? Yeah, it just opens everything up. I, I, I don't think the opposing team can really play a ton of man coverage against him, so it helps, helps out some of the other receivers. And, and then with them having to worry about this pass attack that, that really is back with one of their uh, key parts to it, I mean, you could run the football a little bit more because, you know, if the team is, is defending pass, it opens up things in the run. Could be the key that the Chiefs have been missing the past two weeks. Again, it, it was one and one. Chiefs could have lost the line very easily. And so uh, they ended up losing to the Colts. Now Tyreek's back. So, again, another proven point there. You could have ran the ball a little bit better, but they know that you're not. They know that you've got to move the ball and they know that you've got to pass the ball, but they know you don't have that dynamic receiver that you have in Tyreek Hill, so they know they can do things differently, pad the zone against Travis Kelsey, make Demarcus Robinson beat you, which is tough to do because I think he's a glorified number two best receiver who's probably going to get paid, not by the Chiefs next year. You didn't have Sammy Watkins, so it was easy to stop the Chiefs. You didn't have all your weapons. Yeah, you had Pat Mahomes in that first drive that made that tremendous play to Byron Pringle for a touchdown. But again, another name that led your team in receiving was Byron Pringle. He was fine in that game, but again, I don't think the sense of urgency and panic is there to set in. I think that Tyreek Hill does bring a spark that could be used. I think that that is different from panic because this team has only lost one game without Tyreek Hill. It's not that they've lost three or four. They're four and one. They lost Tyreek Hill in, like, what, the first half of a game in the first game of the season? Mm -hmm. And they've still been all right. This was the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he hasn't scored 26 points. So there's no panic. I just think it's time, and I think Tyreek Hill's ready, and I think the team is comfortable being okay with Tyreek Hill being ready. And, yes, I do think it helps the run offense. Yeah, I think it helps the run offense a lot because it stretches the field and it gives you that threat of the deep ball. I think it's also going to do wonders for Travis Kelsey. You talked about it earlier about how Kelsey's been really frustrated. I mean, he had the whole episode with Biennemi earlier this week or in last game that they've kind of patched up and worked on. But I think it's going to do a lot for Travis Kelsey, too. We saw it last year when you had when you had Kelsey, Hill, and Watkins out there. 
the offense was unstoppable. And when you had one or two of them down, that's when other teams are able to double those guys and maybe slow down. And the offense seems a little bit more, a little bit more human almost. Look, Tyree kills a top five receiver. When the man's ready to play, the man's going to play. It's not in panic. It's not in frantic. It's not anything like that. And for one thing, I can honestly tell you, he is for sure as hell not going to be a decoy. If that man's on the field, that man's going to want the ball, and that man's going to be a part of this offense. And I can tell you right now, as good as Tyree Kill is and the connection that he has with Patrick Mahomes, nothing is going to get you more juiced up than to see other guys do it and then to get in your own head and be like, man, if I was here, things would have been different. Or if I did this, I feel like I could have this opening or I could get Pat back on the same page. Now, what I will say is this. Where it comes to Tyree Kill and it comes to Byron Pringle, that play at the very end of the game, or not the very end of the game, but towards the end of the game, where Travis Kelsey just blocked that man with all the force in his body and Byron Pringle took the wrong cut. Yes, I do believe Tyree Kill makes that play, but again, that fits into the narrative where Tyree Kill is one of the top five best players at his position in the NFL. We do it every week we have a show because we have to because it's in season. We don't have to. We choose to, but we go around the NFL in only the way that we like to do it. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Coming up in just a little bit, we go around the NFL here on Out of Bounds. But until then, South Carolina, Georgia tied in overtime 17-17. And Oklahoma running away with the Red River shootout as they are now up 34-20 to over Texas as Jalen Hurts continues his... Uh, he just continues his uh, his takeover tour, I guess. His with, redemption uh, tour. With Lincoln Riley. Good for him. Um... For those of you that want to know about fantasy football, Todd Gurley is out tomorrow versus the 49ers per Rams spokesperson. Malcolm Brown time, baby. That's all you need to know there. Malcolm Brown, if he's in your league, go get him. Also, Tom Pelissero, the NFL has fined Raiders guard Richie Incognito. Yeah, that guy, scumbag. He was fined $21,054 and $10,527 each for a chop-blocked and unnecessary roughness call in last week's win, Incognito also was flagged for giving the business to Bears D-back Buster Screen after a play. Also, Fontes Perfect has been suspended and upheld for the entire season um, of the NFL season. So, uh, yeah, Raiders still continue to Raider. They're now with, uh, getting fined um, and uh, also losing players for the entire year. But, hey, John Gruden. He's going to continue to give those guys the week off, even though they have a bye week and the players don't understand that when you have a bye, but never mind. All right. Nick Price, it's time to go inside the NFL. Starting off. That's right. Starting off, Aaron Jones, Packers running back. He had four touchdowns against the Cowboys on Sunday. Got fined $10,000 for waving bye to a defender. Isn't that kind of the same exact thing that Tyree Kill does with the peace sign? No, because he says peace. How it... The NFL is just, like, very inconsistent about how they handle all this kind of stuff, how they discipline players, how they find people. I don't get it. So, of course, the NFL, which is also uh, an acronym for National Football League, but could also be used as an acronym for the No Fun League. Players don't know what they can and can't do. Eric Berry was once told that he couldn't do the arrow motion, and now Aaron Jones can't simply wave bye to another person on the NFL field. I guess you can... Do celebrations inside the end zone, on the sidelines, 
But the minute that you do them on the field and wave bye to somebody, whoa, whoa, whoa. you get fined, and you're no longer allowed to do that. Rob Gronkowski is open to a return, according to Bob Kraft. Bob yeah. Kraft, I don't know if I agree anything that guy says because he flew within 24 hours. Never mind. Bob Kraft, I don't know how much I trust Bob Kraft. But, of course, this is something that we all knew already, that Rob Gronkowski was probably going to be rumored into coming back to the NFL. Where's Rob Gronkowski now? Right back in the middle of things on the Fox pregame show where we all knew that Rob Gronkowski was probably going to land before he goes and joins the Patriots in a playoff run. Yeah, Robert Kraft saying we all love Gronk, and I think the bottom line is he hasn't put his retirement papers in yet. I love Gronk. I'd love to see Gronk again, but not this year. Just don't get in the way of the Chiefs. The Chiefs got something going. Uh, Snoop Dogg, by the way, believes that Antonio Brown deserves another shot. I'm not going to play the audio because, you know, when you get Snoop Dogg, he's going to do Snoop Dogg things, kind of like the whole late night thing. Yeah, there's uh, some colorful language in there, but he says, yeah, give him another shot, maybe even with the Steelers. Yeah. Now, so Snoop Dogg's had probably, a, I don't know, if he's had a good week or a bad week, it's like Bill Self once said, bad public or bad public public knowledge is still better than no public knowledge, right? Or not being talked about is yeah. worse than being talked about, whether it's good or bad. Bad pub's better than no pub. That's right. Um, when it comes to um, Snoop Dogg and the Steelers, yeah, Snoop Dogg we know is a Steelers fan. That's what he loves. Loves the Steelers, and he loves USC. He also loves marijuana, and I think he might have been high when he had this thought. But again, it's the NFL, it's Snoop Dogg, and it's a little bit of an acrobatic move. Is Snoop Dogg going to make a jump to the NFL or whatever the hell Snoop Dogg and Antonio Brown deserve? But I can tell you one thing, Antonio Brown is not playing in the NFL ever again. In fact, if Antonio Brown ever plays anywhere, it's going to be in the XFL, and I'm not even sure Vince McMahon wants Antonio Brown in the XFL either. Speaking of somebody who's not playing in the NFL ever again, Andrew Luck went and hung out at the Colts headquarters in Indianapolis on Thursday for the first time since he retired back in August. Just hanging out with Jacoby Brissett and T.Y. Hilton. What do you think? Man, good love dies hard. I think it's hard when you have to move on. Um, I know that Andrew Luck was always a good guy in that organization. In fact, when he got booed out of that preseason game after he announced that he was going to retire, that was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. I wish I could read these texts that we've gotten texting to our show. Those are also pretty disgusting. We have finally made an enemy on the text line, which is totally fine. Uh, Where is he from? The 785. Good for you. Moving forward from that, Andrew Luck was always going to do something after football. What it is, I don't know. Is he going to be a head coach? I don't think he goes that far. I think that his brain is too powerful. I think he'd be a great front office guy. I think he could do something as well as nothing involved in football. But the fact that he's been retired, the fact that he was tired of getting beat up in football, and the fact that he's going to continue to move forward and try to make others better is what this means to me, that Andrew Luck is trying to get inside the head of Jacoby Brissett and let T.Y. Hilton and Jacoby Brissett know, hey, here's what worked for me. Here's what could work elsewhere. Oh, and by the way, if you get tired of it, just tell everybody you want to retire. When it comes to Jay Gruden, the man got fired at 5 o'clock in the morning. That's right, 5 a.m. Was told to come in at 5 a.m. You'd think that when something like that happened, you'd have some of the best support, especially from family. No. John Gruden then tweeted at Jay Gruden, welcome to the club. That club is what John Gruden has in the NFL. That club is what they call the Fired Coaches Club. He takes them all in a remote location. They have a good time. They talk about how they've gotten fired. And that's what John Gruden said, welcome to the club. Not, man, that was early. Or, hey, man, I still like you a lot. He's still a good guy. Jay Gruden's going to get a job somewhere else. But one way that Jay Gruden got a job 
is with the Fired Coaches Club that John Gruden's a part of. And now, blood is nil sticker than water when it comes to the Fired Coaches game. Moving on from that, we go across the pond to England where the Carolina Panthers will play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sorry, but if you're going to try to push this product in England, you might want to get a better start to the season than the Bears versus the Raiders and the Panthers versus the Bucks. That's tough. There's no love loss anywhere in that. The Bucks, eh, the Panthers without Cam Newton. Kyle Allen. Now, they didn't know that going into the Undefeated. season. That's true. But what I will say this, you are getting more. They're you are getting Christian McCaffrey over in England, which is crazy because Christian McCaffrey is an anomaly when it comes to the NFL these days. He's a guy who plays a ton of offensive snaps. He's a guy who gets a lot, a lot of action when it comes to fantasy football. And Jameis Winston might be the most relevant roller coaster that is in talent football player in the entire NFL. I don't want to count Antonio Brown because he doesn't play in the NFL. Jameis Winston, going to get that W. He's had a lot of issues when it comes to college, to the pros. He finally got Bruce Arians to teach him which way is right, not which way is wrong. And now you get to see that over in England. Also, Mike Evans. You've never seen anything like that when it comes to an NFL receiver because NFL is still kind of young over in England. Tampa Bay, Carolina, they kick off at 8.30 a.m. Why is that not absurd? Because you get to wake up tomorrow on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock and you can start watching football at 8.30 in the morning all the way until 10.30 at night. That is, in fact, a fact. That is a dream scenario. You get to wake up and you get to watch, what, 15 hours of uninterrupted NFL football with probably about like seven or eight different snacks, maybe a little nap in between. Can't wait for it, Dusty. I dig it. I think it's fun to watch football that early and to watch football all day. Also, the other thing that we get tomorrow, you get Scott Hansen. I think Scott Hansen is one of the greatest treasures in the NFL that we have today. I agree. Granted, we do have Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns. We do have Bill O'Brien in his chin. But most importantly, we have Scott Hansen on NFL Red Zone. If you want to see somebody who's awkward with their staff and doesn't really quite know what's going on all the time, Scott Hansen is one of those guys. His biggest issue is graphic knowledge. I don't know if you know what a graphic is, but it's that little thing that you see on the bottom of your TV where it shows the score or a little news update. I'm just letting you know, Scott Hansen is a pure gem when it comes to NFL on Sundays, and he is why I enjoy Red Zone more than just the nonstop action. That is our way around the NFL. Nick Price, thanks for chiming in on that. I know that you probably think that we're going to talk about marquee matchups. You get that on the NFL slate when it comes to the drive on Sunday with Sean Levine and Carrington Harrison. You get the useless predictions when it comes to Ron and Vern on Show and Vern, and you get the... What? Risk it for the brisket when it comes to Fesco in the morning. All of those shows, Monday through Friday, 6 to 6. You get Binkley at night. You get football everywhere. And if you think it doesn't get any better, oh, it does. Because when K-State doesn't play, you get live and local like you get today. And on Sunday, you get Arrowhead Pride pregame and postgame with Pete Sweeney and Ken Swanson and then Jay Binkley at postgame. I'm Dusty Likens. That's Nick Price. After us is overtime with Jillian Carroll, Chris Unicero, Julio Sanchez, sexiest trio in sports talk radio. But after we do this, there's a guy playing against the Chiefs tomorrow. It's not Justin Houston. That was last week. But a guy playing this week is a guy that didn't even know that he got traded, and he, in fact, thought it was a punk. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio.
So a little bit of breaking news. Jillian Carroll with the day off. It'll be Unicero and Julio Sanchez. So the sexiest duo in sports radio. Um, it's not us. Yeah, in case you haven't heard, Todd Gurley out tomorrow per, per a uh, source uh, from the from the from the Los Angeles Rams. Tyree Kill game time decision. We talked about that earlier uh, today. You can check that out later on the uh, podcast page. Also, keep Twitter handy because you could possibly see something involving that with uh, what we had Pete Sweeney on as well. So shout out and thanks to uh, the man who does everything. Does uh, 41 Action News in the morning. Pete Sweeney does that. He's uh, always on the Locker Room Show with Danny Welniak. He's always uh, on our radio station. He takes over on Show and Vern every once in a while. And he's Steven Serta's best friend, which makes Ron Hughley extremely upset. Speaking of things that might make people upset, there's a guy playing for the Texans tomorrow, not named Deshaun Watson, not named J.J. Watt, and not named DeAndre Hopkins. But Pete Sweeney, who we just mentioned, had an article this week on Arrowhead Pride that Carlos Hyde was traded, and he didn't even know it. By the way, Georgia somehow, because Will Muschamp in South Carolina, it's just a complete joke. But Georgia has beaten South Carolina 20-17 to 17 to hold on and avoid the upset. And Oklahoma has just now beaten Texas 34-27 to 27 in the Red River shootout. What a day for college football. Good day. Good day. I'm sorry. I believe South Carolina beat Georgia. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know. The screens are pretty tiny in here. I'm trying to read the corner of the screen. I'm looking at a TV from like, I, I think it's older than I am. So. Like the 90s, right? Yeah, it's it's old. It's a Sylvania tube TV. Um, Let's see. Yep. 20 to 17, South Carolina over Georgia. Yeah, the final, final in overtimes. double overtime. Double overtime. I'm sorry. Yeah, South Carolina beats Georgia in the upset. Oklahoma beats Texas. They were ranked sixth. And uh, there you go. Will Muschamp. How you doing? Anyways, Carlos Hyde was cut, or I'm sorry, traded and didn't even know it. In the article, it says, quote, you know what? It's getting real personal now, Hyde said in a lighthearted tone per Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle, quote, Neither one of them, Andy Reid or Chiefs GM Brett Veach, called me. Somebody I've spoke, I've never spoke to called me and was like, we just traded you to the Texans. He moves on at the very end and says, oh, yeah, I'm super happy, Hyde said, of being a Texan. I'm happy to be here. Whoever traded me here, thank you. Appreciate it. Carlos Hyde will be a focus point tomorrow in the game, not because he was traded without knowing it, because the Chiefs' run defense is historically bad. Carlos Hyde is one of those guys that wants to have a revenge game. I don't know if that's what you can call it because Ty Carlos Hyde never played an actual game for the Chiefs, but he is one of those guys that wears long sleeves underneath his jersey, which I kind of dig, but he's also a guy that has a lot to prove against the Chiefs tomorrow because, again, he was traded and didn't even know it, and supposedly he doesn't really like that happen. So, again, sorry from the 913. I know, Georgia lost. How'd you mess up that upset announcement? I apologize. I was looking at the Texas game. I looked over and saw a Georgia guy kicking a field goal. Didn't know it went in. South Carolina upsets Georgia today on October 13th. I'm but, sorry. I wasn't there to help you because I was trying to figure out what time we got to get out of this show, and my math is a little off today. But I figured it out. So Sorry. We're good to go. How do you mess up that announcement? I'm sorry. I apologize. 
Call it what it is. I messed up. I fumbled. But I recovered. And tomorrow the Chiefs play Carlos Hyde. Tomorrow the Chiefs will play the Houston Texans. And it would be really funny to me that if Carlos Hyde's going to take this initiative to be like, you know what? Appreciate it. Thanks for trading me. Thanks a lot. Going to go show you what I'm worth. Please let Carlos Hyde have less than 100 yards. Like, that's all I ask. That's one small win in tomorrow's game. Is Might Carlos... be asking a lot, though. Would, what would you personally bet that Carlos Hyde goes over 100 tomorrow versus the Chiefs? I mean, I think it depends a lot on, like, the carries, how many carries he gets, but everybody's running all over the Chiefs. You want me to put, like, a percentage on it? No. I just want to know. I think he's probably going to run Carlos over Hyde, If Carlos Hyde can run for 100-plus yards against this Chiefs defensive line without Chris Jones, what do you think that says about the Chiefs' rush defense? Uh, it's bad. That it's the worst ever if Carlos Hyde can do it? Because if you listen to Steven Serta, where he talks about Carlos Hyde, you think that Carlos Hyde just learned how to run the football in the NFL yesterday. That bad, huh? It's that bad. But that's the story from Arrowhead Pride that he said it felt like he was getting punked, that he felt like he was no communication between head coach Andy Reid, no communication between general manager Brett Veach, that he found out from somebody that he had never talked to. So, again, I ask you, what's worse? Getting traded and not being talked to by your general manager and your head coach or getting fired at 5 o'clock in the morning? What say you, Nick Bryce? I say getting fired at 5 o'clock in the morning. Too early? Yeah, way too early. I mean, the only time I wor- wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning is if I have to be here for, like, uh, maybe a Game of Thrones show, Game of Thrones recap show on a Monday morning. Throwback to that. But, man, 5 o'clock in the morning, like, I'm usually not ready to have it. Like, I'm not ready to deal with anything in particular, especially not getting fired from my job. I mean, 5 a.m. is tough. Like, that's really tough. Um, Like, what do you do the rest of the day? Drink. It's not too early? No. No, I guess after you get fired, there is no limit. But, I mean, I feel like Jay Gruden kind of knew he was going to get fired. Right. I don't know if Carlos Hyde knew he was going to get traded, which he says he didn't know he was getting traded. So like, Yeah, if- but, like, if he, you know, you could have connected the dots there. I feel like a lot of people around Kansas City felt like he wasn't going to make this team. Yeah, I mean, when he fumbled in preseason, you knew he was getting taken away. Right. And, in fact... You knew he was going to get cut or traded or something. Yeah. But he wasn't going to be on the roster to start the year. So, I don't think it's that big of a surprise. And, apparently, like, fumbles are a real big bad thing this year with Andy Reid because you saw what happened to uh, LaShawn McCoy last week. By the way, isn't it crazy that LaShawn McCoy runs with the ball, just hanging it out there in front of people, but he doesn't fumble when it's like that? He only fumbles when he has the ball tucked in? I think that's irony, right? It's definitely ironic. Um... I like uh, LaShawn McCoy, though. I think he fits in this offense. But I think if, I had to choose, if I had to choose on how you lose your job or how you lose your team, I'm going with 5 a.m. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with 5 a.m. because, to me, there's nothing worse in the world that when something happens and you don't see it coming, it makes you think three different things. How good, am I re- how good I really am, what connection I had with this team, and holy smokes, I don't know what to expect, which makes you think, okay, if Andy Reid's a player's coach, where was I at when Andy Reid thought, hey, probably a good idea to trade this guy? If Brett Veach is a young guy that really likes his team and respects his players, you got to think to yourself, why wouldn't Brett call me? Why wouldn't he be like, hey, man, didn't work out. Sorry, we're moving you on to Houston. You should be all right. New beginning. It's also really sketchy, too, because I know that this isn't the official reason why, but John Dorsey was basically kicked out because of the way that he cut Jeremy Macklin. 
by leaving a by leaving a voicemail on his machine while he was like on his honeymoon or something. That's rough. I think so, he was also kicked out because he had poor money management. True. But, you know, like that's one of the things that I believe was a factor in that decision. And so it's a little hypocritical that you would cut a guy or trade a guy without even having the courtesy to give him a call, you know? It's also after uh, Jeremy Macklin's wedding. Yeah. Um, that wasn't the reason Dorsey got fired, but that was one of the reasons why his personality didn't mesh here. Right. Um, obviously. Created some to- friction. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm going with Jay Gruden. I think Jay Gruden's where I go with. I think I'd rather get fired on a, on a 5 a.m. call. Hey, man, can you come up here? Because you got to think to yourself, when you get that call, you know you're getting canned. Oh, yeah. It's like if you ever worked in a restaurant industry job and there's two managers sitting in the office before you walk in there, you know damn well what's about to happen. Somebody's going to tell you you're fired. The other one's there just because they have to have somebody with different eyes to make sure when, if in case you do come back and be like, I was treated wrongly, they can come back and be like, actually, Dave was sitting here right next to me. He saw everything that happened as well. So uh, give me Gruden. Give me getting fired at 5 a.m. That's better than getting fired via text. I guess that way, too. You got the rest of the day to do whatever you want. Yeah, and John, and, and, and I think Jay Gruden had to know. Yeah, he definitely right? And Dan Snyder, you don't yeah. work for that guy. That I guy feel sucks. like Jay Gruden's known for a couple years that it was coming. And speaking of Washington, if you're in a survivor pool, unlike Carrington Harrison and Pete Sweeney, um, this is the week you take Miami. Right, this is the only. I mean, shot I still don't think that it's a good idea to take Miami. But, is but it not this the, is definitely the best chance that you have if you're going to take Miami all year. Because you have to. Do you have to take every? You don't have to take everybody. You don't have right? to take every team. But you, you can't, just take, can't take a team twice. twice. Right. right. So if you're going to take any, if you're going to have to take Miami, you want to like get them out and use them as one of the teams where the rest of the schedule doesn't quite mesh up to how you like it. This is the week. Let them go beat up on the Washington Hours, as the the guys from ten to two say it. Um, but like we do every week on this show that we're on, like we compared ourselves to the McRib, we're not on the menu all the time, but we do come back and we're satisfying to some and, uh, we're a little bit sassy with our sauce. We got to get to it as we always do. We do the two minute warning. Two minute warning. That'll bring us to the two minute warning. What the heck? Let's go. Lance isn't taking Miami. Lance is taking Washington. Max Scherzer pitches tonight against the St. Louis Cardinals. Here's a little stat for you. Max Scherzer went to high school 20 minutes away from Bush Stadium. If you're a Royals fan, you're probably rooting for the Nationals. Some people will say, I rooted for the Cardinals when the Royals were in the World Series. No, you didn't. Or I rooted for the Royals when they were in the World Series, and I'm a Cardinals fan. Doubt it. Baseball numbers are down. Fans aren't going to see the game. Tonight, if you watch the game, root for Max, local guy. Anyways, Thanks to Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride for joining the show as he had told us that Tyreek Hill is most likely going to play. It can help the run offense and much, much more. When it comes to the tomorrow's game, it's more than just Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill versus DeAndre Hopkins. It's about Bill O'Brien versus Andy Reid. Andy Reid, it's time to separate yourself from everybody else in the league other than Bill Belichick because you've already done that on the wins total record, and Bill O'Brien is nowhere near your talent field. Bill O'Brien is a modern-day Jeff Fisher. He had a good year last year going 11-5, and five, but he likes to go 9-7, and 9-7. and seven. In fact, he's done it four times. Bill O'Brien, the only thing he's got going for him is that sexy chin that's got a nice dimple in the middle of it. Or as somebody said on the text line today, it's a Stan Smith chin. It is Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes tomorrow, and that is a sexy matchup. As we heard earlier on the text line, it's a battle of the young guns. Great show back in the day. Also, look for a high-scoring aspect of a game. Like Nick Price and I have both said, we look at it as maybe the possibility of seeing 
oh, I don't know, what we kind of saw in that Rams-Chiefs game last year on Monday Night Football. It's going to be a shootout. That's right. That's the two-minute warning. Thanks for listening to us today on Out of Bounds for Nick Price. I'm Dusty Likens. We appreciate you all listening. We will not have a show next week. It has been announced with K-State Plays, so unfortunately we'll be sitting out next week as well. Please. Go do something nice for somebody. Hey, we told you at the beginning of the show, we'd tell you about this Hunter's Moon thing. Look tell at the sky tomorrow. It's going to be orange. It's going to be big. Tonight. Is it tonight? It's tonight. Uh, just look at the sky. Orange, full moon. It's going to be cool. It happens twice a year, autumnal equinox, whatever. Here, I'm just reading too fast. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I'm Dusty Likens. That's Nick Price. If you want to get gnarly tonight, go outside about 7 o'clock. Look in the eastern side of the sky. You'll see a Hunter's Moon. It'll be huge, orange, and weird. It's Just kind of cool. like our personalities. Everybody in Kansas City, stay safe. Take it easy. Have a good weekend. And do something nice for somebody. The McRib is back. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.